0: Mean Online Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. I'm Olivia Fox. Thank you so much for checking us out. We really appreciate it. I tell you, these last couple weeks have really been rolling. I just appreciate all the positive feedback. Please remember to subscribe, like, and tell a friend to tell a friend about the Olivia Fox Podcast. As long as you don't tell them, it's a comeback because I've been here for years. Welcome to the show today. Um, you know, we had such a positive, uh, run last week talking about, uh, young people getting involved in the entertainment industry. And then of course this week, a story broke out of Memphis, very, very sad, very serious and really alarming and upsetting for many, you know, I, I did not watch the video like a lot of people have, um, of the beating death with Tyree Nichols. And I think one reason I decided not to is because I've seen so many videos of our people um, suffering at the hands of police officers, dying, just to actually see the visual of that type of trauma. I don't know, maybe because there's just so much going on in the world. I just felt like my spirit, my soul just couldn't take another visual. But I have been following the story very closely. And I really, really wanted to have a conversation here on the podcast about it. So uh, without any further ado, our guest tonight is a gentleman who is also on our Mino media here with a podcast. He hosts a podcast called uh, Safe Conversations. Please welcome uh, today uh, Kevin Waits. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I've done my research. I know that you were a uh, former chief of police of Georgetown, South Carolina. I understand you're now the director of diversity, equity and inclusion, and you were a police officer for 24 years. So if anybody can have a conversation about this topic, you can. And so I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us.
1: No, I'm definitely glad to be here. Uh, like you said, it's this. Very serious issue, and uh, and I'm just I'm humbled and uh, you know appreciative that you even called me on just to talk about it a little bit.
0: Let's get into it. Um, I guess the mm-hmm. first thing that I really you know and everyone asks this question: Why does this continue to happen? Where we're constantly seeing these videos of police officers all over the country beating people. Mm-hmm harassing people, terrorizing people, and in this particular instance, actually beating someone to death. Can you give us a little insight as to your opinion of why you think that this continues to happen? Why are we constantly seeing this and why are we not seeing any kind of change?
1: You know, I first start off by saying, You know, I've I've been in law enforcement. I retired August of 2021, but I've been prior to that. I I was in law enforcement for 24 years uh, after leaving the United States Army. And, you know, I finished my career as a a police chief and uh, and I've seen a lot now. And I just want to start by saying that all police are not bad. There are a lot of great and and noble men and women that do this profession and and are involved in this industry. Uh, But just like our population, you know, you got to think that that where do police officers come from? We don't bring them in from different planets. They come from the same population. And sometimes people get involved in this industry that should not be in our industry. Um, I can remember uh, Miss Olivia sitting in my office when George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, I heard you say earlier how you didn't watch the video. I watched about three minutes. I watched about three minutes of George Floyd murder. Um, at the time I was a police chief and I remember sitting in my office, you know, and and I got fooled. You know, I, I mean, I sat there and I and I broke down. Um, I couldn't believe it. And, and, and just to go back a little further, I'm originally from Charleston. Um, I grew up there. And when Walter Scott was murdered, that hit close to home. We had the same friends. We we, we kind of hung out in the same circle. I grew up in the same area. And I remember that day, a good friend of mine, I saw, I saw the chatter on social media and I saw, you know, rest in peace, Walter. And I'm like, said, what's going on? I called my friend up and he said, man, and he told me what happened. And, and later on, I saw it. And now here we are again. And I did watch the video. It's a tragedy, you know, and there's so much. There's so much different emotions, you know. For me, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was the same question you asked: Why? That's the first thing I said: Why? And I think until we really dig deep and figure out the why, nothing's going to change. You know, a lot of times we we get folk we have to focus on the what what happened. You know, but it but it goes deeper than that. You know, what I'm saying we have we have to get to the root of the problem. And and we saw in this case. That it's not always black and white. It's not. Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But you know, we have to look at, in my opinion, systems and how these things just don't randomly happen all of a sudden. You know, and and looking at that, why we have to drill into the culture because, from you know, my perspective and from what I saw from video, everybody seemed to be comfortable in terms of what was going on. Nobody was trying to pull anybody back. Everybody just seemed to be like they were cosigning what was going on. And so, again, that didn't just happen by chance.
0: You know, that that's what struck me when when I saw the various clips, Uh, because, as I said, I didn't watch the video, but at the you know, they've been running it over and over and they have various portions of the video. And at the end, like you said, the general just standing around, kind of like you know they 're hanging out outside a bar. You would never even think that they had just literally beat someone to death, and so again, that struck me as well. Um, this is not something that just kind of happened. I believe this kind of thing has happened before, but it just so happened to be you know on camera um, you know i I think the most shocking thing for African Americans. And maybe not for all, because I know there have been a lot of African-Americans that have said they have been, you know, have experienced this type of uh, brutality from not only police in general, but that particular group of police officers in um, Memphis. And I believe they call that that group the Scorpion. Is that correct? That's the unit? what I read. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, you know, I, when I think about it, I think about up here in Washington, D.C., where I am. And I remember people talking about in the early 2000s, late 90s, they used to call them the jump out boys here. And the thing that I, I remember that kind of sounded familiar with this particular group was that they were geared more towards high crime areas. They were usually, you know, going after people of color. And a lot of the the gentlemen that were in this particular group, they 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 were vicious, you know, and so they because a lot of them were dealing with, you know, serious criminals and serious situations. But we have been hearing stories now that are coming out um, about the reason why. Tyree was pulled over in the first place. And there's been a lot of misinformation coming from the police. Um, And I one thing that that really has uh, struck me now that the the things are moving forward with the case is is the the chief. Something something strikes me funny with her because I'm hearing, you know, one thing, but. In, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you had to have known that there was a problem before this particular incident. What is your take on that? Well,
1: you know, I, I will go back to and, and not to compare tragedies. I am not comparing tragedies, but to go back to the murder of George Floyd. I'm not going to call the person's name that, that murdered him, but we all know who I'm talking about. If you look back on the things that came out from his personnel file. There was a pattern. It wasn't again. It wasn't something that just randomly happened all of a sudden. There was a pattern to his behavior, and why you know he was allowed to stay in this industry and in this profession where you know he's supposed to be protected and serving. I don't know. I can't answer that. But again, it 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 appeared that everybody involved in this situation with Tyree Nichols co-signed and was in concert and on the same page. And again, that doesn't happen uh, all of a sudden. I would not be surprised if there were prior complaints. I, don't I, know, I that. know there was a gentleman a on the app. news who yeah. said
0: that he had maybe a couple of days prior to this particular incident where he mm. ran into the same group where he called them a gang of police officers in the in this particular unit. And he was telling, you know, the situation, it was very similar to Tyrese.
1: Again, uh there are patterns to behavior. Uh things don't just happen all of a sudden again. And you know, I I can say and of course I can't speak for the chief in Memphis, but I can speak for myself in knowing that it was my responsibility to set right. the tone. For the rest of my department. You know, just like I'm talking to you right now, I'm always like this, you know. Um, never too high, never too low. And and I always expected the, the same for my officers. I know that things happen during critical incidents where that may be impacted. They their behavior may have to shift. But for the most part, I want, you know, my police force to be a reflection of who I am. That's that's how I operated. And uh, when when you're a leader you know, you got, you got to set that tone, whatever tone you set, you, you have to, you know, be able to stomach the byproduct of it. Let
0: me ask you this from a police perspective, retired, what kind of training are these police officers going? Now, I know you can't speak on Memphis, but in your training, because for me, when you're constantly seeing this, this behavior um, happening in various parts of the country, um, you, you start to wonder well, what, well, how did they get through? What is the process of becoming a police officer? Do they do some kind of testing for your psychological uh, level of understanding, your ability to, to communicate, your ability to de-escalate situations? What is the what is the basic training for police officers? Because I'm not getting it. I, I, you know, I just right. I don't get it. Yeah.
1: Again, I can't speak for Memphis, but I know in South Carolina it is mandated that psychological evaluations are done. now. It hadn't always been mandated. And that was one of the things that 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 came from the death of George Floyd. After that, it became a mandate that every police officer had to have a psychological evaluation, Uh, polygraph examinations. supposed to have thorough background checks. And at that point, you know, after all of those boxes have been checked and things have been uh, looked into, most times you go off to a criminal justice academy. In your state, and you're trained in use of force. You're trained in ethics. You're you trained in, to a certain degree, in dealing with uh, mental patients and, and you know people who suffer from mental illness. Um, all all this training you're you're subjected to anywhere from three months. Some academies in some states are longer. But you are you know when you come out of the academy, you should be trained. But you know one thing that uh, that you can't train, uh, Miss Olivia, is is your heart. You know what I'm saying? Or, or ill intent. But again, culture, culture plays a big role. And uh, when you see instance uh, like this come come to the life, the thing
0: that upsets me uh, more than 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 actually seeing a life taken right on on tape is that this is going to happen again, unfortunately. And it's a cycle. We, You know, something happens. A video is released. Uh, people get very upset. A lot of times they protest. The public, you know, turns to the federal government to see, you know, what they're going to do. Of course, they're not going to do anything because, in my opinion, some of the the politicians, you know, have their own agenda. Um, You have organizations that are giving money to some of these politicians. Therefore, they're going to make certain that, you know, the people that are giving the money that they're taking care of them. And so it goes on and on. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for people, just as it is with gun violence and mass shootings, that we know Unfortunately, it's it's going to happen again. and, And there's no way of where you can have any kind of closure because it keeps happening. And so I thought about it, you know, in terms of trying to get police to be more accountable to actually think before. These types of things were happening. And, you know, it seems that a lot of the times the, the police unions will step in on behalf of the police officers. And then you have, you know, the various people that are within the city that decide not to bring charges against police officers. So is it do you think it's more with the union having too much control or do you think it's the individual municipalities where maybe they just won't indict or it's just hard to get juries to find police officers guilty? What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, that's a tough one and um you know I uh police officers need to be held accountable just like everybody because everybody else because when we cross the line the line is crossed you know what I'm saying there there is you know um we we are held to a higher degree you know what I'm saying we are supposed to protect and serve the public and uh you know I cannot answer why different different jurisdictions don't Act swiftly and 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 holding police officers accountable um again, like I talked about earlier they, they, you know I got many many different emotions and I'm gonna need your help because I'm struggling with something, I'm struggling with something, and uh you know what I'm struggling with, Olivia is the fact that and not comparing again, but I gotta say this, going back to the murder of George Floyd, and you tell me if you see it differently, but the response is yes. different. The response is different now. And this is just my personal opinion. I'm not speaking for anybody, but I believe the response is different because it appears that all of the officers or the majority of the officers involved were black. And a young black African-American was the victim. And, you know, just as well as I do. That if the officers were Caucasian, the response would have been totally different. And that bothers me because. A human life is right. the human life. It, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. What I'm saying who's involved, but that part right there really bothers me. It, it, it reminded me of the very last crime scene that I went to. A young man was murdered in a community, and I remember getting a call that night, and I showed up, and uh, it was a, a, a you know low to moderate income community. And when I got there, the young man, you know, he was deceased. Officers were working the crime scene. And I was standing there and it seemed I just had this funny feeling like the crowd, you know, uh, it was calm, you know, um, didn't really hear any crying or it didn't. It just seemed like it was acceptable, you know, and it was a situation where we had a good idea of what happened and who did it. And again, you know, it it was a similar type situation, but I don't understand that, that 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 part bothers me. Because the same tenacity that we, you know, we, we exuberate or we expend when one situation, a life is a life. A life is a life. So am I tripping? You know what I'm saying? You tell me because that part right there I'm really, I'm really not, struggling with.
0: You're not. And for whatever reason, it's not a conversation that is welcome. Uh, when you start talking about uh, murders that happen within our own race, as you said, I agree. You don't see the passion and people were angry. There's, there's no doubt about it, but like you said, it's different. And I do believe that if those officers were white, this entire country would be on fire right now. Not that I, that that's right, but that's the reality of it. And so it, it becomes a question to us. Why is it that it, It's not as pressing or people don't get as emotional when it's black people murdering others as opposed to if it had been five white officers beating Tyree down. And like you said, that is disturbing. And it's crazy because my brother and I were having this exact same conversation and we we have an ongoing conversation all the time about how crazy everything is and how, you know, we're, we're always like, well, where, where's the marching, where's the protesting, you know, these young people just dying just every weekend is just, and I, and, and I always think, like you said, wh- where's the uproar? Where, why are people upset? What is going on in my tripping? What is going yeah. on? Yeah. And, and, and when this happened, yeah. uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I know people were upset. I, I know people were impacted. I know, you know, it it was just it's just disturbing, inhumane. Yeah. But again, and then to kind of follow up here recently online, people are just well, what about the sixth officer who was white? You know, everybody mm-hmm. was trying to figure out why he wasn't arrested, why he didn't lose his job. And it struck me, as you said. I'm thinking, okay, I'm not excusing whatever he did because uh, 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 allegedly he, you know, did the 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 tasing. Allegedly he said something to the effect of, I hope you guys stomp him or something to that effect. And so, you know, he was there. He's part of it. But I just don't understand why people are focused on him. And then you've got these five other black men. It, it's not like they let him off the hook, but it's just a different response. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, even you know the one thing that I saw uh, after the murder of George Floyd was everybody stood up. You know, what I'm saying all over I mean, the world. The reality was all over the world. The reality was was this happened in our living rooms, right? Because we live in a global right. society now. I mean, information travels from one end to the next in minutes, seconds. Everybody was traumatized for the first time. One of the first times in my lifetime, I saw. White, black, everybody, everybody. brown—they stood up together. We had demonstrations. We had we had a, a peaceful protest in my community. I was still the police chief, you know. We marched, you know. And it it was honestly, it was a a beautiful occasion because it everybody was together. Everybody was together. And in Olivia, I think that is what it's going to take. It can't it can't just be. Black people saying, "Hey, my house is on fire. We need help. It can't. It can't. That's we've been there. That's. It's got to be everybody. And and for that point, you know, uh, the the other question is 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 why when when crisis comes, you know, and, and, and it hits our heart, we can come together for a little while, right? And then after it's all over, the emotions go down. We go back to our respective corners. So we we, we really have to find a way. Um, I mean, if we're going to move forward together, if we're going to heal and, and 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 put a stop to this foolishness, I'm gonna just call it what it is. Everybody has to come together, and we re- and we have to start with humanity. That's the key. We get so mixed up and 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 we and we, and we mess things up because we don't focus on the fact that we're right. all human beings. A black life, a white life, or whatever life. It, they all have the same value. And so we don't lead with humanity. We do a bad job of that. But we, we do lead with religion. We lead with politics. We lead with color. We lead with general, you know, gender identity. We lead, we get mixed up and we forget that, that we're all human beings.
0: And when you get done with all the labels, and, and and to me, that's really what struck me after seeing five black men doing this to another black man was just, there was no humanity at all. It's mind boggling. It's mind boggling because I'm reading, yeah. you know, various stories about the police officers who have been accused, who were on tape, and family members, people that have gone to college with these guys, you know, friends have come out and are just a shocked. Like, I can't believe this has happened. And then, you know, I, yeah. I think a lot of times people think, well, it, it doesn't really matter, black, white, whatever, when you become a police officer, it's the blue line. Can you speak about the crossing the blue line? To me,
1: you know, the 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 blue line, I believe, represents different things for different people, right? Someone may think the blue line means you don't talk against another police officer or you uphold if, if a police officer, no matter what he's doing, good, bad or indifferent, you got his back. Some people just keeping it real. Some people believe that that is the blue line. I totally disagree. To me, the blue line is about you took an oath to serve this community. Do it. If you see your teammate stepping out of line, you snatch him back. You know what I'm saying? Is you being accountable and holding everybody else around you accountable too? To me, that is what the blue line is about. But again, every, you know, people have a different interpretation of what that is. But that's, that's what the blue
0: line is. And I it. think it's gotten, I think we the, the line oath. has, 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 just it's not clear anymore for a lot of people. People mm-hmm. are just, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are out there just wilding, really. And like you said, not yeah. all, yeah. Oh, not all police officers are bad. It. Yeah. Um, I have family members yeah. that are police officers, but it just mm-hmm. seems like when these incidents happen, these cops are just out here just wilding. They're above, the, they're above the law. Yeah. So here's something that I thought about, yeah. and I wanted to see what you thought. We have doctors who purchase. Malpractice insurance. Wouldn't it make sense to you? Because when, when 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 these family members of the victims get paid out, it usually comes out from the city. You know, millions and millions of dollars out of the city. How would it have an impact on the way police officers? conduct themselves. If every police officer had to purchase insurance, okay, and you couldn't be a police officer without this insurance. And if you were to step out where you, you know, brutalize somebody or um, harass someone, terrorize, or even ended up murdering someone, you have to deal with the consequences from you, your pension, you'd have to pay, or you wouldn't be able to get insurance because you had so many different offenses against you. It just seems that because police officers that do these types of acts, they, it's, not, it's not coming, the, 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 the money's not coming from them. The only thing they may be losing would be their job, their pension, but the money is coming from the city. So why, why wouldn't we have like an insurance policy of some sort that police officers can get? That and a database, a national database. Why is it that a police officer can do something, commit a crime, kill somebody, leave that particular jurisdiction, and next thing you know, they pop up somewhere else? Whereas if we had like a database that, you know, had everybody's information so we wouldn't see officers doing these types of things over and over and over or leaving one police department and moving to another state and getting hired. Why hasn't somebody thought about that?
1: Yeah. That part about the database is, uh, from my understanding, the work in progress, and, and that was a result of uh, the, the murder of Mr. Floyd. Um, after that, I, I know across the country there has been work because you're right. You are right. So often in the past, a, an officer has gotten in trouble, pushed the envelope, right? Not to the point where maybe they were arrested, you know what I'm saying? But they pushed the envelope and they did not lose their certification. And so they were able to move on to the next agency, and, and maybe that agency did a didn't do a thorough background, or or maybe you know one of the issues across the country is it is hard to to recruit police officers right now. Everybody's short, and so sometimes law enforcement agencies cut corners in terms of instead of following through and doing that thorough background check, they're so intent on filling right. that spot. We got to we got to get somebody in there. We got to get somebody in mm-hmm. here. And, you know, when you take shortcuts there, uh, when you're when you're you're actually playing with the community's life, because all it takes is one person to get in that really doesn't need to be involved in this industry to do to do a lot of harm. Your idea about the uh, the insurance, that is the first time that I've heard that suggestion. I do know that most police officers are bonded through their jurisdiction. They are bonded for a certain amount of money, but never heard the idea of uh, it being a requirement for a police officer to have their own information in, in the event that something goes sideways and there's some type of litigation or payoff, it would have to, it would be, you know, on a burden on them. I've never heard that. You need to keep talking about that. I will.
0: Because it, it keep just, talking it about just that makes one. sense. Yeah. You know, you have all these other professions that have that have that coverage you know why yeah. why would being a police be different another thing that that um i wanted to talk to you about is the investigation. Um, I've been following this story here in Washington, D.C., where a 13-year-old boy was killed. Wasn't a police officer, was a citizen. But the, the community came out and was wondering why it was taking so long for this person to be indicted or to be arrested. And the police department in Washington, D.C. was saying that we wanted to do a full investigation. Now, if we go to, you know, a situation where, like Tyree, where police officers are, you know, seen on video where there's not a lot of investigation, it's right there. You can see it. But when you have incidents where there is not a video, and they always say, "Well, we have to investigate." Why is it that police departments are allowed to investigate themselves? You know what I mean?
1: There's, there's an obvious, yeah, there's an obvious conflict, right? Uh, you know, in in most states. In most states, if something like that would happen and I can, you know, I can speak for South Carolina, if something like that would happen involving a police officer and someone from the community, my jurisdiction would not investigate that. We would, we would call in the state police because they're objective. They're not a part of the situation. And that investigation will be turned over to them. OK, OK. That gives
0: me a little yeah. a little bit of idea. So it really just depends on what state or is that across the okay. board?
1: I don't know for sure that it's across the board, you know what I'm saying? But I do know in South Carolina
0: and many other states. So they'll the go happened. to maybe a, yeah. a state police because, investigation instead of the local. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. That makes yeah. sense. Well, I tell you, um, Kevin, it's been it's been really interesting and, and insightful talking to you from your perspective. Is there anything that you want the general public to know from a police perspective, because like you said, it's hard getting people to become police officers now. There is an obvious, you know, distrust amongst different communities and the police department. And you even have conflict within police departments with various, you know, ideology and and the way people conduct themselves. Is there something out there that you want people to know about your 24 years of being in law enforcement, something that, that they should know that maybe they don't know or might think they might know?
1: Well, you know, I, when I came up in law enforcement, uh, you know, first of all, I never intended to be in law enforcement. That was not, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who say when I grew really like to be the police, you know, huh? no, no. I, w- I went to college uh, on a football scholarship to a uh, school in the upstate of South Carolina called Newberry College. And I wanted to work for BET, or ESPN. I wanted to be a sports analyst. I went. I did broadcast communications. Uh, I left school and joined the army. And uh, my father got sick. And I, you know, I was I was in Germany at the time and just had a bad experience getting back to him. And 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 I and I changed it up. I said, you know what? I need I need to get closer to home. So I got out. I, I met a sheriff. We had a conversation. And I got involved in law enforcement. That's how I got involved. And, and and once I got involved, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. I knew I was supposed to be serving the community. You know what I'm saying? It was just night and day. But what I want people to know is, especially the African-American community, when you're with your children, don't tell your children when you see a police officer, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm going to call him to come get you. Mm. Don't do that. Because it, it, it instantly makes that police officer look like right. the bad guy. You know, and and I understand what parents are trying to do, but we don't need young people to be afraid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because those young those young people are going to become older people, and those older people, especially from the African American community, are the people that we need to be and see the change that they want to be. And how can we recruit them and convince them to get involved in an industry if from a child they were told hey if you don't do what i tell you
0: right called, Make it you the police like the boogeyman
1: we have you know that's right and so we have to encourage our communities to be a part of the change you know what i'm saying and, and and follow through don't get involved just to get involved if you have a heart for service and you want to serve, you know, I can't think of a better way to serve. You know, law enforcement officers don't do it to get rich. You know what I'm saying? They do it because, you know, they should do it because they have a strong passion to serve people. So you know, just to answer your question, get involved. Even if you don't want to be in law enforcement, go to a city council meeting. Go by the police department, talk to your chief. Get involved. You know what I'm saying? Because we have to be a part of being. Uh, the change that we I want agree. To see.
0: And, you know, we were talking about this in terms of uh, being involved in voting. You know, of course, we you know, everybody wants to vote on the federal level. But for me and many others, we feel like it's got to be local. You've got to be involved within yeah. your community so you know what's going on. The thing that bothers me sometimes is that we a lot of us, we don't deal with what's going on in our community day to day until something happens. And then there's this uproar. Yes. And then, like you said, it dies down. Everybody goes their separate ways Mm -hmm. and then another tragedy happens and then there's the uproar. Whereas I think if you were to stay more in contact and touch with your community, you know, maybe volunteering with some young people, trying to see what it is that you can do. Of course, you know, one person can't save the world, but a little bit from everybody could definitely help us. And 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 get us where we need that's to right. be, uh, where people are yeah. seeing one another as human beings. As you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, we're, yeah. we're we're so quick to put people in a box like, oh, that's a white police officer. I know that mm-hmm. da- 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 da. or you see a black pillow. Oh, I know that people are hey. so quick to put labels on folks. And I imagine it's even yeah. worse you know, being in law enforcement. So, you know, you get away from the human component because you have to understand police officers are human too. They go through stuff, you know, they have family, they have fears, they have worries. I think a lot of times people forget that they forget. I mean,
1: people forget that. And, and, you know, something you said triggered a a memory in me. Um, I remember when I, when I first became chief, first African-American police chief, in the third oldest town in South Carolina. And, and I remember a gentleman came in from the community and I've, I've always, you know, prided myself on being accessible. Didn't want to be the police chief that nobody saw or, or just hid behind a desk. And so older gentleman came in, Olivia. I remember like it was just, he was wearing a three-piece suit Clean. In Stacey Adams shoes. Man, he was clean. He was clean. And he came in and, uh, and I said, sir, come on in. I you know, have a seat, sat down, pulled up a chair beside him. And he said, son, he said, uh, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. You're the first African-American police chief. And, and we're so proud. And, and we want to get together and we want to have a rally. We want to get the young people involved. And I said, hey, if you're talking about getting young people involved, I'm in. And so he kept talking and he said, the only thing is, is I don't want any white police officers to come. In Olivia, mm. it was like somebody punched me in my stomach and I lost, mm. I, I just, all the air got knocked out of me. And I said, well, sir, in one breath, you're talking about bringing people together. In another breath, you're talking about white officers. You don't want white officers to come. And I said, I'm really sorry to hear that because I can't participate. I said, I'm, I'm everybody's chief. And uh, and I'm all about bringing people together. So so to your point, you are right. And and we, uh, you know, I know it's hard, but we need to change our mindset. That's the first thing we have to change, Olivia. We have to change our mindset. Even going back to the response, you know, I wonder, you know, is it the fact that. We don't place value on our lives as much as we should. There it is. You know what I'm saying? Does that have yes. something to do? Yeah, it's just it's just it's troubling. It's troubling, and so we really have to work on changing our mindset to get this thing, get this train back on and, the track. And,
0: and you hit it, you hit it right there. Because if you're expecting others to value you, you have to value yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the same if you when you out here yeah. looking for a relationship. If you don't value and love yourself, how would you expect somebody else to? And so, again, it starts with oneself and how you view yourself, then your family and then your community. And you have to acknowledge and understand, you know, who you are and who is in your community, because that is important in the way that you deal with others, especially when it comes to law enforcement. Kevin, I just want to thank you so much. For this conversation, I tell you um, one reason why I love doing podcasts is to be able to have dialogues with folks like yourself—an industry that I know nothing about, but one that is very, very important to our communities, especially our, our African American communities. And you, being who you are, and being able to accomplish the things that you've been able to do, and just your message today—you have no idea how that might impact someone to understand that there are. Good people and good police officers, former police officers. There are people that that care. It's not just a job, but you yeah. really are about protecting and serving. Because I think we've gotten away from that. Yeah. How can you serve if yeah. you're not here to protect? You can't serve people. That's right. You out here killing people. So I, uh, you know, I just yeah. really appreciate you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hoping like heck that it won't be anytime soon that we have to have this conversation again. But you and I both know we live in a society the way we do. And, you know, things are going to happen. And and it's it's very sad. But you give me hope. You give me hope that there's a chance, you know, that, that we can save ourselves because of men like you, women like you that are about, you know, trying to change the way people think and the way we view each other. So I just appreciate you. I, I encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to support this man on his conversation, safe conversation podcast right here on Mean o Lion Media. If someone wanted to get in contact with you and talk to you more about what it is that you do or how to get you to maybe come out and, and speak at their event, how would somebody get in contact with you?
1: The best way to contact me is just to go to my website. Uh, you can reach me there. Um, it's kevinwaste.com Now, and I do have to tell you, I'm going to spell it because there's an L in my ah, name, but the L is silent. That's
0: what Ken gotta told talk to me. My mom.
1: You got to <laughs> talk to my mom. Talk to my mom. So it's k-e-l-v-i-n W-A-I-T-E-S, kevinwaites.com. I thank you for what you're doing now because having these conversations, whether you realize it or not, is part of the healing process. You know what I'm saying? People process things differently. And just like you said, somebody may, may hear something we said just to give them hope and hope is a powerful thing. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's one thing that we need to hold on to and and that we don't lose. So I really appreciate you for inviting me and I thank you and I encourage you to keep on Absolutely, and you do
0: the same. I appreciate you. I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. As I said, we are here, new podcasts every Thursday. And uh, if you would, just follow, like, subscribe and give us the feedback because, you know, uh, the way I see it being a, a seasoned broadcaster, I am able to do what I do based on the impact that I'm making on other people, and so there's no way that I can really know how you're feeling about what it is that I'm trying to put down without you telling me. So please subscribe, like, and support, uh, Kevin. I appreciate you so much, really. And um, maybe you know we can have another conversation, but on something more positive, without something crazy and disturbing happening. I just appreciate you. God bless you, and and continue to do what it is that you do.
1: I appreciate that. And we will have another conversation because I will be inviting you to be a guest on Safe Conversations.
0: I look forward to it. Thank you all so much for listening to the Olivia Fox podcast. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And don't give up on hope because that's all we have. We got to keep hope alive. (laughs) Take care. We'll talk again soon the olivia fox podcast is produced and hosted by olivia fox executive producer ken johnson get the olivia fox podcast on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast please subscribe comment and rate follow olivia fox on ig at olivia fox radio Follow the Mean Old line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old line Media. Get the Mean Old line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks...